Welcome to the broadcast. Speak my word is about to begin. Your host is Shannon Davis. And we are living in the time of the end. King Linus. We have ignition. We will be reading tonight from the King James edition. Jesus told us to preach the gospel, cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. If you are not obeying him, you better act quick. He is coming back and we will all give a report. So obey Jesus so you don't come up short. All right, everybody had a little bit of music there. And did you notice it was commercial free? I decided, man, I'm going to get the YouTube premium. No more commercials. I love it. Only five bucks a month. Well, praise God. Welcome to our Friday broadcast. If you hang around, we might play the special Friday song. For some of you who have been around since the beginning of time, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Some love it, some hate it. But that's a special treat if you hang around to the end. Well, just on Fridays, though. I don't think I can tolerate it more than once a week. I'm thinking about the new schedule, and I think I got it. Looks like we're going to start January 1 with a new schedule. We're going to be on Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. So we're going to do three broadcasts every evening. 7 p.m. Eastern, that's 4 Pacific. That's for our American guest speakers. And then we're still going to do a Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, with Michael Cummings from England. And also probably, let me think here. Do we need to do a Tuesday? Tell you what, I'm going to try to get them all on Thursday. That actually worked better for me. So we'll have Michael Cummins followed by either uh, David Measures or Elvis Newhart. Okay, that's good. I just sat down to hash out the final schedule. Of course, every Friday night, 8 to 10 Eastern, we're going to have the Demon Hotline. And we're going to commit to one day a week, for starters, until I can get some additional guest speakers who want to do the Demon Hotline with me. Then we can have more. Uh of course, this does not include Speak My Word, which I've got to set a separate time for that. But for the main America, Omega Man, Omega Man Marathon with guests 7 to 10 Eastern, Monday through Friday, and again Thursdays, we'll have special international broadcasts in the morning. So I'm going to go ahead and publish that. A few other things I want to mention to you. And good afternoon to you, wherever you're tuning in from, Jens and Glennis and others out there. Um, I have reactivated YouTube and SoundCloud uploads. So while we've had a YouTube channel for a little bit, I haven't been uploading any uh, Omega Man videos. Well, they're podcast. That's what I do. I'm a podcaster. I'm not a YouTube blogger. Now, I do do some shorts, but you know, there's people that do just video shows out there. We're a podcast. So I can't really say I'm doing videos, but I can still take advantage of 
YouTube to upload the podcast with a static image, whatever you want to call that. So, hoping to build the channel, we need to get 1,000 subscribers. We only got about 222, I think, right now. Need 1,000. We're going to try to uh, get into monetization again. If we get to 1,000, then I'm going to apply for uh, YouTube partnership, and maybe we can get some revenue coming in off that channel to support this ministry, keep it going. But we need a thousand subscribers, and I need like four thousand hours of views. So once I start putting up the content again, I think uh, we can get that for too long. So if you want to um, help us out, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I also put shorts up there. It's simply Mr. Shannon Ray Davis. You got to put an MR in front of it. And um, let's see. Oh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud also, soundcloud.com slash Omega Man Radio. That's also going to have a copy of any um, podcast that I upload to YouTube. It will get automatically put up on SoundCloud. So I'm going to try to uh, attract some more listeners. Okay. Those are two announcements I want to make. Uh, we are uploading new episodes of the Reloaded Show just about every day up on our Podbean channel that's where they're going and then they'll go up on YouTube of course and SoundCloud as well number of ways you can tune into the program uh, go to my website that's the best thing to do because links do change OmegaManRadio.com okay I also want to mention uh, I'll just mention this one time We've set up a new GoFundMe account that's fresh for 2024. The one that I've been running there, I think I set up about four years ago. We never did hit our goal, incidentally. It wasn't a large goal, but I figured, you know what? High time we just update that. So I've got a fresh account up there. You can still use the old one if you want to. Um, That's just another option if you want to give to support the program. Best way to do it is PayPal, though. That's fast. But for those who don't use PayPal, we do have GoFundMe and other options. But I just want to let you know we've got a new GoFundMe page. Uh, we do do Zelly and Cash App also for people that uh, would like to fuel the program. You can do that. Go to OmegaManRadio.com. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, Merry Jesus Christmas. If I don't uh, talk to you all again. And uh, Happy New Year to you. Well, I think I'm ready to roll. Okay, let me see where we're going to be today. Today is Friday, December 22nd, 2023. And we're going to pick up in Judges chapter 10. Why don't we open up in prayer? Father Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, this is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I pray right now that you would open up your scripture for us, teach us your word, Holy Spirit of God, we plead the blood of Jesus over us all and our family. Thank you, Father God, for another day to be alive, for our health. We ask that you would surround us with your warrior angels. Have your way today in the program. Bless everyone that comes out to tune in, in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. So what we're doing is we're reading every day. Um, more of the scripture. And as we finish a book, we go to another one. Right now, we're in the book of Judges, 
Matthew and Proverbs. So let's just jump into it. Judges chapter 10. And after Abimelech, Abimelech was the half-brother of others who murdered, I think, 70-some-odd of his brethren. Horrible what he did. Evil, wicked man. And after Abimelech, there arose to defend Israel Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar, and he dwelt in Shamir in Mount Ephraim. And he judged Israel twenty-three years and died, and was buried in Shamir. And after him arose Jair, Gileadite, and judged Israel twenty-two years. And he had thirty sons that rode on thirty ass colts. Wow. And they had thirty cities. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Have your own city. Which are called Havath, Jair unto this day. Which are in the land of Gilead. And Jair died and was buried in Caman. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of Yahovah, and served Baalim, Ashtaroth, and the gods of Syria. And the gods, the little, no, little g if you're reading along from Judges chapter 10, the gods of Zidon, and the gods of Moab, and the gods of the children of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines, and forsook Yahovah, and served not him. And the anger of Yahovah was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the children of Ammon. And that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel. Eighteen years. All the children of Israel that were on the other side of Jordan in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead. Moreover, the children of Ammon passed over Jordan to fight also against Judah and against Benjamin and against the half of Ephraim, so that Israel was sore distressed. And the children of Israel cried unto Jehovah, saying, We have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God, and also served Baalim. And Jehovah said unto the children of Israel, Did not I deliver you from the Egyptians, and from the Amorites, from the children of Ammon, and from the Philistines, the Zidonians also, and the Amalekites, and the Maonites, did oppress you. And ye cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand. Yet ye have forsaken me, and served other gods. Wherefore I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen. Let them deliver you, in the time of your tribulation. And the children of Israel said unto Jehovah, We have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. Deliver us only, we pray thee this day. And they put away the strange gods from among them, and served Jehovah. And his soul was grieved, 
for the misery of Israel. You know, we have to bring fruits meat for repentance. It's not enough to say you're sorry. We've got to make a change. To, sorry, to say you're sorry is to renounce something. You know, I believe there's confession, renouncing, repenting. Three different actions. Confess means you admit that you did the crime or you did the evil deed. Jeffrey Dahmer, who ate people like chicken and would store some of their body parts in a freezer. That freezer, incidentally, someone got and sold it on eBay. There's people that collect that kind of macabre stuff. And it's rumored that Jeffrey Dahmer became a Christian in prison, but then he was killed. Well, when he was interrogated, you know, he confessed to the murder of many people, to eating people. That didn't mean he was sorry or that he would repent. It just means he wasn't a liar. You know, there's many people that will continue in their sins, but and they'll tell you the truth. They did it, whereas others won't lie. But that doesn't mean that they're sorry for it or that they're willing to repent, make a change. So confession just means you admit to it. To renounce it means to say you're sorry. To admit that your your action or mine, I'm including myself in this, of course, uh, that we were wrong. And then to repent, really that means to make a turn. Sometimes that's a catch-all for the whole thing. You know, you need to repent, someone will tell you. Well, along with making that change. You know, and some people are even willing to make a change, but that doesn't mean that uh, they're sorry for what they did. They just might feel pressure to. We need to have all three. Confess, renounce, repent. And bring fruits, meat for repentance. So you say, I'm repenting. Okay, prove it. Get that idolatry out of your house. You're living in um, relationship of fornication kick the person out of your apartment or you get out if they won't go can't stay in the same house if you're not married doesn't work well we'll just sleep in different rooms no that got, you're supposed to uh, forsake all appearance of evil that doesn't work well he or she doesn't have anywhere to go send them back to their mama Okay, we have to bring fruit, meat for repentance. So Israel, they're in dire straits. They're miserable. They admitted that they had done wrong. And they repented. They put away the strange gods from among them. And they served Yahovah. And his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. Then the children of Ammon were gathered together and encamped in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled themselves together and encamped in Mizpeh. And the people and princes of Gilead said one to another, What man is he that will begin to fight against the children of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. 
I think I want to read another chapter. I want to see where the story goes. Okay, so we're going to read Judges 11. Now, Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor, and he was a son of a harlot. So he was, his mother was hooking for a living, and he was probably a bastard. Means he was born out of wedlock to one of the Johns. But he was a mighty man of valor. Now, do you hold that over his head? No. Not at all. He can't help situation. And you know what? You can break a curse of a bastard. Someone's born out of marriage. And harlots can repent. So can gigolos. You can have a male harlot. Really, you'd call him a gigolo. His famous movie made about a gigolo, Richard Gere. Not trying to sing out the ladies out there. But as someone who sells their body for money. And they'll call their customers their clientes, their clients. I lived on the dark side for a while. I know how that subculture works. He was the son of a harlot, and Gilead beget Jephthah. And Gilead's wife bare him sons. And his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah, and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tope. And there were gathered vain men to Jephthah, and went out with him. And it came to pass in process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so, that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. Well, they didn't want him in other circumstances, but now people realize his value because he's a he's not afraid to fight he's a mighty man of valor he's he's got courage they said unto Jephthah come and be our captain that we may fight with the children of Ammon and Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead did not ye hate me ye talking about the group plural when you read the King James ye is plural thee thy thou is singular did not ye hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come unto me now when ye are in distress? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If ye bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and Jehovah deliver them before me, shall I be your head? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Jehovah be witness between us, if we do not so according to thy words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah 
uttered all his words before Yehovah in Mizpah. Let's see if Jephthah serves the Lord. And Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me, that thou art come against me to fight in my land? And the king of the children of Ammon answered unto the messengers of Jephthah, Because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt, from Arnon, even unto Jabbok, and unto Jordan. Now therefore restore those lands again peaceably. You know, it's not Israel's lands to give to them, and it's not that group's right to ask of it. The land belongs to Israel because God gave it to them as a, a possession. Same today. No one has a right to give Gaza away. It belongs to Israel. God decreed it in His Word. It's in the Word. Gaza and many other lands, that's just one of many, belong to Israel and the Jewish people. The tribes. Gaza specifically the Jews. It was given to Judah. Yet people think they can give and take away. Goes back a long time, doesn't it? And Jephthah sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Ammon. So these kings want their land that God took away from them. Just like today. Thousands upon thousands of years, same thing repeating. All these Arab nations, they want the land that God took away from them. It's not theirs to ask for. But of course, they don't serve God, so I'm not surprised. But here we have America and other countries that would try to coerce Israel to give up the land that God has given them as their inheritance. Any nation who puts Israel in that position, tries to force them to give up their land, is going to come under a curse of God. Our own nation, America included. It's sad. People don't read the Bible, and they don't care about what it says. By and large, well, they'll be destroyed if they don't repent. So the ultimatum has been given to Jephthah by the Ammonites. And Jephthah sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Ammon and said unto him, Thus saith Jephthah, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of Ammon. But when Israel came up from Egypt and walked through the wilderness unto the Red Sea and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Edom, saying, Let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. And in like manner they sent unto the king of Moab, but he would not consent, and Israel abode in Kadesh. Then they went along through the wilderness and compassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab and came by the east side of the land of Moab and pitched on the other side of Arnon but came not within the border of Moab for Arnon was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon king of the Amorites the king of Heshbon and Israel said unto him let us pass we pray thee through thy land into my place. 
but Sihon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. But Sihon gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahaz and fought against Israel. And Yehovah, God of Israel, delivered Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they smote them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country. And they possessed all the coast of the Amorites, from Arnon even unto Jabbok, and from the wilderness even unto Jordan. So now Yehovah, God of Israel, hath dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel. And shouldest thou possess it? Wilt not thou possess that which Chemosh thy God giveth thee to possess? So whomsoever Yahovah our God shall drive out from before us, them we will possess. And now art thou anything better than Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever strive against Israel, or did he ever fight against them? While Israel dwelt in Heshbon in her towns in Aror, and her towns, and in all the cities that be along by the coast of Arnon, three hundred years? Why therefore did ye not recover them within that time? Wherefore I have not sinned against thee, but thou doest me wrong to war against me. Yahovah the judge be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Howbeit the king of the children of Ammon hearkened not unto the words of Jephthah, which he sent him. Then the spirit of Yehovah came upon Jephthah, and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh, and passed over Mizpeh of Gilead, and from Mizpeh of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto Yehovah, and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, that it shall be that whosoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, shall surely be Yahovah's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah passed out, excuse me, passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them, and Yahovah delivered them into his hands. And he smote them from Aror, even till thou come to Mineth, even twenty cities, and unto the plain of the vineyards, with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. And Jephthah came to Mizpeh unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances, and she was his only child. Beside her he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass, when he saw her, that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me. For I have opened my mouth unto Yehovah, and I cannot go back. Folks, we better be very careful when we open our mouth to Yehovah and make a vow. Because he's going to expect us to keep it. The word of God is very clear. Better not to make a vow and then break it. Excuse me, better not to make a vow 
than to make a vow and to break it. Now, can we repent for broken vows? I don't know what the consequences are. Or if God will let us break it. I don't know right now. I know this. There is a clause in the Bible where if a a wife or a daughter in a household make a vow and then the husband, the father, in the day that he hears that vow, if he disagrees with it, he can annul it and it's rendered null and void, provided he does so in the same self day as he heard it, heard about it. But if he doesn't, it stands. That's one of the things God gives to the priest of the household. The ability to, to annul a vow in the same day that he hears it if the wife or the daughter spoke something that could do them harm. But when we make vows, God expects us to keep it. If we don't, we're in trouble. Can we repent? Well, I suppose so, but it doesn't mean there's not consequences. I just really can't answer that question. Again, the Bible's very clear. Don't make a vow and break it. Better remain silent. I have made a vow, so I'm going to have to keep it. I've made two vows to the Lord. And uh, I broke one of them at one time, and I had to repent. Probably consequences for it, but I got back on the right track. My new vow is if the Lord healed my body two weeks ago, I'd be done with coffee. I'll never drink it again. So I'm going to hold to that vow till the day that the Lord comes back. I'm done. I will drink no more coffee. Because I had cold sweats, I had some blood pressure issues, and I thought I, I could be setting myself up for a heart attack. And I said, dear God, I just don't know when to stop drinking cappuccino. I can't drink it in moderation. I tried I tried half a cup and half a cup. doesn't work. I went all in on cappuccino, and I love it, but it could kill me. Forgive me. I drank too much. I cried out to the Lord because I was in some bad shape. I thought, this is not good. I began to have a little bit of pressure in my chest, and I said, Dear God, where's it at? Is it on the left side, over the heart? I saw one bad thing after the next red flag, and I said, I've went too far. And I cried out for the mercy of the Lord, and I said, God, I've tried to kick this thing before and got off it for a few months, got back on. I'm going to mean business today. And I made a vow. Lord kept his end of the bargain, healed me, and I've got to keep mine. They say, wow, I I couldn't do that. Well, I had no choice. I needed healing. And I needed to make a change. I put it out there to the Lord, and he brought healing I'm doing fine, no problems but I'm not drinking any more more caffeine not going to do it no more coffee I'm done with tea also 
done with it. It will artificially increase your, excuse me, it will increase your blood pressure, but it will constrict your blood flow by up to 27%. and cause strokes and heart attacks, but to each their own. But I made a vow. I'm just making an example here. This man has made a vow. He said to the Lord, if you will deliver unequivocally these enemies into my hand, then when I come back, those that come out to meet me are sacrificed to you. What a vow he has made because his daughter has just come out. I made another vow. I was in a really bad situation in 2000. I had to go before a federal judge. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was fighting a custody battle for my four-year-old son at the time, international custody battle. And I disobeyed a judge. I was in trouble. And I said, God, I need I need help. And I was looking for any anything I could to bargain with. And the greatest thing I had to bargain with was the fact that I would go to the movies, go to the theater. You say, what's wrong with that? Well, just something that was dear to me. Been going to the movies since I was five, maybe younger. And I was just trying to sell out 100%. And I said, Lord, you deliver me, I'll give up movies. At the theater. Means I could still watch them on TV or iPad, but I wouldn't go back to the theater. And, um, of course, the Lord went for me. With or without that vow, I don't know that that made a big difference, but nonetheless, I made that vow. The Lord went for me. Not only did he deliver me, he gave me Job twenty-two twenty-five. I'll go before them, be thy defense, and you shall have plenty of silver. Gave me a business that brought in millions of dollars, gross, over about a four-year period. This was back in uh, 2004. Uh, hoping to um, restart that business in 2024. we got one product coming out. I mean, I'm picking up something I haven't done in 8 or 10 years. Really longer than that, because that business stopped and went dead. And uh, when the crash came in America with the economy and the housing market in 2009, so a year later I'm doing a Mega Man radio. But I made another vow to the Lord, and uh, that one I did break. And then I got convicted so bad, took ill. Um, I um, came to Bali seven and a half years ago, and I didn't go to a movie for seven years till my brother came into town. Then I broke. <laughs> and I hadn't been to the movies in seven years. True story. And, uh, man, I doubled up on those movies. Also began to eat some bags of uh, Doritos, uh, Cheetos, what do they call them, Cheetos, um, um, those sticks, aggravated silent reflux, I took ill, and I'm looking back at promises I'd broken, and I thought, you know, I could stand before the Lord Jesus one day, Judgment Day, and he said, what about that vow you made to me? You broke it. Folks, we can't take these things lightly. Cheetos is what it was. 
We cannot take these things lightly. So I have once again repented and renewed my vow, and I don't go back to the theaters again until the Lord returns. So I've got two vows on my head right now. No theaters and uh, no coffee. And God has healed me. I'm doing great going to the gym. No problems, all steam ahead. And I can really do without the caffeine and without the uh, the theater anyway, because I'd go over there and drink a Coke every time I get popcorn. You know, you can't have go to see a movie without popcorn and Coke, and you don't need any of that hydrochloric acid. I still see movies, but uh, I won't go back to the theater. That was the deal. Have you made a vow to the Lord? Maybe one that you made years ago and you've forgotten about it? Can you break it? I don't know. Better to go keep it. Renew, Repent, keep it, and move forward with the Lord and be careful what you say. Be careful what you vow. God will hold you to it. He held Israel to it. When they made agreements, covenants, a vow is a covenant. Covenant with God. It's a covenant with a person. People made covenants. Oh, we'll let you stay in the land. And God said, destroy those people. And there was a case where they were tricked. Didn't know that was the enemy. Because people lied, but still God had to, he uh, expected them to keep the bargain. And of course, the people that lied to him, they became their slaves for the rest of their days. This man, Jephthah, has made a covenant. Anybody who comes out to meet him will be sacrificed to God. And what happened? His only daughter has come out. And he says, I have opened my mouth unto Yehovah and I cannot go back. Don't make a vow because you cannot go back. With that exception of a, a woman in a household and the, the head of the household, the father can't annul it, but he has to do it on the same day that he hears about it. Otherwise it it stands. And she said to him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto Yehovah, do to me according to that which hath proceeded out of thy mouth, for as much as Yehovah hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, that I may go up and down upon the mountains and bewail my virginity, I and my fellows. She was a virgin. On top of being his only daughter, would never know a man. And he said, Go. And he sent her away for two months. And she went with her companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. This actually happened. And it came to pass, at the end of two months, that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed, and she knew no man. And it was a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in a year. That's heavy right there, isn't it? Okay, we're going to stop there in the book of Judges and move on. We read two chapters today. I think I'm going to take a break and then go to a song. God means business. Don't make a vow. 
that you don't plan to keep because God will hold you and I to it. Lord Jesus, forgive us all where we have spoken rashly, but strengthen us to keep the vows we have made. And uh, here we go. Matthew 10, here in just a moment. Okay, let's go to a song. If you're just joining us, welcome aboard. This is Speak My Word here on the Omega Man Radio Network, Friday, December 22nd, live show 2023. All right, everybody, welcome back. A little musical interlude as we're doing the program tonight. And uh, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you may know this, I've announced it a long time back, but Family Search, which is the largest genealogical database in the world, I'm signed up to alerts. Earlier this year, began to message me. They have found, I guess through their AI software, some famous matches. Come to find out that I am a cousin of not only Elvis Presley, but Martin Luther King Jr. and 28 of the U.S. presidents. Crazy, isn't it? I looked them up, <laughs> and there, there it was. To show you the tree. Most of us on my dad's side. And uh, very interesting, huh? Well, we all go back to Adam and Eve, I hope. Unless you got some Nephilim in there. <laughs> Guess we're all related somewhere. Okay, we're going to continue. Matthew chapter 10. And when Jesus had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now that's power right there. Delegated power by the Master, Jesus Christ. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first, Simon, who was called Peter. And Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee. And John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew. We don't hear much about Bartholomew, do we? Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Labaius, never hear about him, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Judas was even called. Pay attention to that. And he was given power against unclean spirits to cast them out and heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease along with the rest. And I'm sure he executed his duties. However, he didn't go all in for Jesus. He backslid. And there will be people just like Judas who will take the mark of the beast that is coming in the near future by all a all reports we see out there. It looks like it's coming. I pray it's not for a long time off, though. 
But nonetheless, it's coming. And if you take that mark, you worship the beast, you will go the same place that Judas Iscariot went. Right in the hell. Now, he's got a special place of torment down there because of the what he did, but there will be a special place for you and I also of torment for also betraying Christ if we do that. So don't do it. Just say, I'm not taking the mark. God can choose to deliver me, but if not, I'm still not taking the mark. I will not bow my knee and take that mark. Jesus Christ is Lord, and I bow to no other. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor brass in your purses. It's interesting. I wonder what you would do with brass. Today I would look at that as bullets. Brass. But I don't know. Definitely gold and silver, but what was brass? But he said it. Nor brass in your purses, nor scrip for your journey. Neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves. For the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter. Inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart of that, out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, which shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. 
but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. And when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very head, hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more values than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. It goes back to what I said. You take the mark, you deny Christ, worship the beast, it's a death sentence. Get a double death sentence. Both your soul and your body are going to die, and you're going to die a second time in the lake of fire. So don't take the mark. Don't deny Christ. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Folks, that's going out to us all. Doesn't matter what your full-time job is. We have to make time for the Lord, and we've got to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. We should have some signs following if we truly believe. Over in Mark 16, they're listed there. One or more would be good. I've got one. I'm working on the others. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth the prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth the righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. Verily I said to you, he shall no wise lose his reward. 
Okay, we're going to do one more chapter. We're going to read a proverb. Go through the book of Proverbs in one month. Reading one a day. I'm just synchronizing with today's date, which is the 22nd of December, 2023. It says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and poor meet together. Yahovah is the maker of them all. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of Yahovah are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. We've got a lot of problem because children don't have parents to train them upright. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. I say amen to that. Have you looked at some of the credit card interest rates? Some of them are 28%. They want you to pay on that thing forever. Look at the term mortgage. It means it's French for to the death. People pay on those things for 30 years. I don't think that was meant to be. Yet many people do it. In America... Not so in the uh, in many countries. Many countries they don't do that. They'll sacrifice till they get enough, and then they'll they'll build build a house and what they can build, and then they'll add on to it, add on to it a little bit more. But they first thing that they do is they find land. I have had people that work for me before in uh, Costa Rica. I had a maid, and her sister would come over to help her sometimes because I had a big place back then and um, they were Nicaraguans a lot of Nicaraguans in Costa Rica actually more Nicaraguans than Costa Ricans in fact just coming over there to find work because there's not a lot of it in Nicaragua and these ladies they were great and I got to talking to the younger sister and uh, in conversation, she told me she owned a lot of land. I said, really? She said, yeah. I started with one, one lot, and I'm getting ready to buy another. And, you know, she saved her money, and she would buy land back home in Nicaragua. With a plan one day to build, build maybe a, a house or farm it, I don't know. I said, that's just amazing. That is amazing. And I got thinking about myself and said, man, I own nothing. I'm the stupid one. But they would pay for it and then they would build. And they wouldn't get into a mortgage last 30 years. If you get into one, good to pay it off early. That's all I'm saying. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. That is the truth. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. 
He that loveth pureness of heart for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. The eyes of Yehovah preserve knowledge, and he overthroweth the words of the transgressor. The slothful man says, There's a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. Because he doesn't want to go out there and work. The mouth of a strange woman is a deep pit. Talking about prostitutes. He that is abhorred of Yehovah shall fall therein. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from them. And I have uh, had to use the fly swatter of correction a couple times on the boys. Use a belt one time. I don't think they want to see that belt again. Don't like to do it, but they got really bad one day. And uh, didn't obey me, and they were horsing around. One of them got hurt, and I had all I could took. Got up there, and I'm like Zorro with the whip. Okay, he that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. Think on that one for a while. There are some that are giving their tithe and offering to mega pastors who are worth millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. I don't think Jesse DePlantis needs your tithes and offerings. Just saying. He that giveth to the rich shall surely come to what? That's what it says. Bow down, thine, bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them with thee, they shall withal be fitted in thine lips. That, they, that thy trust may be in Yehovah. I have made known to thee this day even to thee. Have not I written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge? that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. Rob not the poor, because he is poor. Neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. For Yehovah will plead their cause, and spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. Make no friendship with an angry man. I've known a few of those. It never really worked out. <laughs> Trying to be the friends. They don't want to be friends. And with the furious men thou shalt not go. And it's sad. There's some people right now that I like, I want to be friends with, but they don't show themselves friendly. They're angry. Jealous and they've done me great harm, but I forgive them, but I gave up trying to be their friend. You can't make friendship with an angry man. And with the fearest men thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. Be not thou one of them that strike hands or of them that are sureties for debts. That means don't co-sign for somebody to get a a car. Uh, When I was 18, I was a car salesman. True story. I got out of high school 17 
for the summer. You know, I was trying to figure out what to do and supposed to go to um, my freshman year of college in the fall. I had a partial scholarship, but enough to pay for it at two colleges. And um, unfortunately, my dad didn't come through with the money. That my parents were divorced, and my my poor mom, you know, she was just working a little part time job, and my stepfather, he didn't help. So we didn't have money for college, but mom was going to do it somewhere or another. And then I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go to work, take off a year. And um, boy, that changed the course of my life. But during that time, um, my uncle. was married to my mom's sister, Aunt Renee, Uncle David. He was a uh, used car manager, one of two, at Stone Mountain Ford, Ford dealership. He worked on the used car lot right next door to the new car lot. And he said, hey, you want a job? I said, sure. He said, sell cars. It's okay. So I was 18 by that time. And uh, I went to work for him. And they put me out there. And they um, they sent me home a couple of times because I didn't come dressed to the part. I think I uh, I was dressing of the youth at that time, <clears throat> and um, they didn't want that look with the skinny ties and the you know the different colored shirt and pants. No, they wanted you know um, like business class, certain colored uh, shirt, white or blue or pink tie and you know a pair of uh, just regular business slacks and uh, anyway I got up to speed quick on that and um, boy you'd work six days get one day off four days a month now those managers they only got two days off a month so they worked two weeks straight to get a day off it was horrible but I worked bell to bell get over there about 7 a.m. work till 7 or 8 to 8, I think it was, actually. But I'd, I'd get over there early. Working 12-hour days. And you know what? I sold three cars in four days. I had a natu- I was a natural for it. Um, and I, I made more money than I'd made in my life at that time. And I'd had a lot of jobs part-time, but <laughs> it was big money selling these cars. And you worked on a draw. They'd give you a $150 a week draw. So if you didn't sell anything, they'd at least give you $150. But then... If you didn't sell anything over time, you weren't going to be working there. They expected you to have success and sell some cars, and you make money, and they'd make money. Well, I sold three cars in four days. I was on a roll. And uh, when that paycheck came in, man, it was nice. I had like four $100 bills in my pocket. Went double dating with my brother. We, we took these girls out to a movie. and um, But I didn't get much time off. It was hard work, but it was great. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Test drove a lot of those cars. This was about 1988. This was about the same time that uh, that book came out and said, 88 Reasons Why God is co- Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. You remember that? Why is a nut? Well, he was a nut. Why is a nut? To think that he could pin down the date of the Lord's return, because the Bible says no man knoweth the the day or the hour, not even the sun 
or the angels. Only the Father knows that. Make a long story longer. And by the way, how did I get off on this story? Oh, okay. I, I remember now. Be not thou one of them that strike hands or of them that are sureties for debts. So my job would be to go greet a new customer on the on the lot. We take turns. Be my turn, I get the next customer. And hey, hello there. Hey, welcome to Still Mountain Ford. My name is Shannon. Um, what can I help you with today? Anyway, I would go and show them the cars that we had. And uh, if they liked one, they, we'd test drive it. And then I'd bring it back into my office. And my job was to um, get them to commit to buying that car. And there's a whole system for it. You have to go through some training. It's actually called control. That means witchcraft, doesn't it? Control. How to control the customer from the time you meet them till you get them back over there to cut the deal and meet the finance manager. Make a long story longer. Um, there was a lady that came in. She was in her 40s or so. And um, had a good job, but her credit sucked. Because the first thing we would do is get in there and uh, get some information from them. And, you know, we say, hey, look, if we can um, get you the right deal today, are you, would you like to, are you ready to buy this car? And uh, we would get them to put down some earnest money that I could go over to my manager and show them that they're serious. And uh, if I couldn't close them, we'd get the manager to come in and pitch them. That's a, that's a system internationally, pretty much. Unless you go to CarMax. There's no pressure there. And then your goal is to get them to buy that car. And we'd run a credit check. And there were people that just, their credit would just shut out. Some so bad, couldn't do anything for them. Withstanding a co-signer. And this was a case. This lady had bad credit. Some have no credit at all, but, you know, you can work with that a little bit, but someone's got bad credit, you're going to need a co-signer. And this lady was one of those people. Sweet lady, but her credit sucked. And she needed to finance this car, and it wasn't a very expensive car. I think it was only about $4,000. So she had to go get her 80-year-old father to come in and co-sign. Poor guy. And that's what he did. He co-signed. Well, that can be dangerous. If you heard stories before, there was you got a someone uh, co-signed for another, and then the other quit their job and stop making their payments? Well, what a co-signer means is if the person who's making the purchase that needs a co-signer doesn't meet their end of the bargain and make those payments on time, you can go and hold the co-signer liable and they're liable for it. I know a case over in Indonesia, it's really bad over here, where there was a, a girl and her friend had no credit, had bad credit, whatever, whatever, 
and asked her to co-sign for to get a scooter for work. That's really the that's like the work vehicle here in this country. Scooters. A lot of people can't afford cars, but they can get by a scooter. And many times on credit. So she co-signed for a friend. And her friend was uh, very immature. Didn't make the payments. And uh, the scooter was repoed. And her friend was liable for it. And um, ended up destroying her friend's credit. Got put on a blacklist. You get on a blacklist over here, you can't get credit with anybody. It's called the blacklist. Well, that can happen. Bible saying, Be not thou one of them that strike hands, or of them that are sureties for debt. Sureties for debt means co-signer. Don't co-sign for anybody. Bible's warning you. It's only going to cause you trouble. Uh, I worked a few months there. Then it got into the wintertime. And I was thinking, man. Not too many people coming out to buy these cars. And things got kind of slow. And I got to thinking, I think I should have went to school. Got real slow. And they sent me over to New Cars which is right next door. And this is back when they used to have the Ford Taurus station wagon and they just come out with the Ford Probe 1988. And those were some nice new cars. New cars is a whole different ball game. You get in those things that smelled so good. And a lot of people would come in and they would trade in a car and they would send that to the used cars. They put that one on the lot. We'd see new cars come in everyday trade-ins and some of them pretty cool. Some of them were classic cars. This is back in the when they had the 1987, 88 Ford Mustang GTs. They're like a square box, but V8 convertible, fastest cars I've ever been in. So much horsepower for that light car. I got in trouble one time for hot dogging a car. We'd sometimes have to take these cars back and forth down to place up the road for for like an oil change or some work, although they had their own mechanic shops here at Ford Motor. There was some place down the road that, you know, did special things, and sometimes they sent me down to pick them up, and I just couldn't help myself. I got in this Mustang GT 5.0, and I hit the gas on that, and I did like a fishtail out of there and burnt rubber all the way up, and that shop called, the used car manager called my boss, and he called me in, and he was a tall, stern man, And he actually was a former police detective in Atlanta. <laughs> What's this I hear about you hot dogging cars? Well, he showed me mercy. He didn't fire me, but they gave me a stern, you know, rebuke. But I was 18. You know, I just, hey, put me in one of those cars. I want to hot dog it. Well, that same lady, by the way, who had to co-sign, had a co-signer. Uh, I for, um, <clears throat> forgot to mention. She comes back in a few weeks later. Maybe it wasn't even that long. And she says, hey, I drove the car out of here. And uh, 
this piece of door trim fell off. Can y'all cover that? And I went to my boss. They said, no, when you're driving off the lot, it's, it's yours. And I'm like, uh, what am I going to do? I've sold this car this lady. These people over here are so cheap. They won't even spring for a $30 part. I felt bad. What could I do? I said, okay, we'll take care of it. And I had to go over there and take it out of my pocket. At any rate, and buy the piece and then ordered it. When she came back, we put it on. That really kind of set the stage for the end of my car sales days because I then went over the new cars and I got over there. And um, it's 1988. People were saying Jesus is coming back that year. I thought, you know what? I just may buy a car and get me into a car payment that I can't afford, like $400 a month at age 18. And it's a lot of money. But I could drive this car, and it won't matter because the Lord's coming back, and I won't have to pay it off. I'm glad I didn't do that, though, because the Lord didn't come back in 88. almost got into a Ford Probe GT. Um, At any rate, those are cool cars. It was one of the first to have the steering column. You press the switch, and you could lift it down or up. It had some cool features in it. 1988 Ford Probe GT, or the Probe. So I'm out there one day, and this man comes in, and uh, I show him some of these Ford Tour station wagons. In particular, there's a brand new one, black, it was beautiful, nice paint job on it, brand new. He took it for a ride, and I convinced him to buy it for his wife for her birthday. He said, I don't know. Went to my boss. My boss said, so tell me about this deal. I said, well, the man likes the car. Thinking about it for his wife for her birthday. And he said, oh, here, bring him to me. And and the uh, new car manager said, hey, here's what you do. We're going to let you take it home. Show it to your wife and then come back tomorrow and we'll do the paperwork. And he, he smiled. He said, yeah. He goes home, shows it to his wife. She loves it. He comes back the next day and we got, I got a deal. And I'm excited about it. You, know, you make make pretty good money every time you sell a car. Everything is going as planned. He brings it, the wagon in. I pass him off to the uh, finance. He's going in there to, they've approved him. They're going to finance him. He's doing the paperwork. My job at that point is to get the car prepped, and I take it around to the side for to Pappy, which is the uh, man who's been there, you know, probably two decades. And uh, he, he washes the car, and they just make sure it's clean inside, put some paper mats in there that needs a vacuum, so be it. Make sure everything's ready to go. And um, I passed it off, and the station wagon is wheeled around. Man's coming out, and he looks at the hood. Looks at me, and then I look at the hood. And there are these big gashes in the hood. Like someone keyed it. Took the paint right off where the gashes are. I mean, you know, scratches. Big time. And what happened? And I looked, uh, said, I don't know. Went and got my manager. Manager came back and said, hey, not our fault. Must have happened when you took it home last night. 
And it didn't happen when the guy took it home last night. He's like, no, it didn't happen. I'm sorry, sir, you've already signed. I, I just, I just, uh, man, I just shrunk. What do you do? That's a, it was a horrible situation to be in. I couldn't believe what had just happened. This man had just bought it. Man was not happy at all. And they forced the man to keep the station wagon. And what they were going to do is they were going to repaint it for him. He'd have to bring it back in, which he did. And they would take it back into their body shop and they'd repaint the hood. But it's never the same as a factory original because in the factory it's done by robots. I just couldn't believe it. How, what had happened? Well, we think what had happened is was Pappy. And they went back to investigate, and Pappy had a shamwall rag that was dirty. And it must have had some gristle or something on there, or he'd used it one too many times. And when they washed that car, and he put that chamois up there, he scratched it because it had some grit or something in that chamois towel. That ruined me. Uh, I didn't want to work there anymore. I said, I, I just can't stomach this. This is how you treat people. I've seen it now twice. And um, I quit. I was depressed. I said, man, I just can't believe this industry. It's high-pressure sales, but then on top of that, look at how they treat people. And there's a lot worse things that happen than that out there in the industry. But that was the end of my career as a salesman. I didn't do too bad, though, at 18. <laughs> I was the youngest one there. Uh, there were some old farts in there uh, trying to make a living. You know, when all fails, people go to become car dealers because they'll hire you at any age, and you can make good money. Um, that was one of many jobs I had. I also used to be a car jockey for a Cadillac dealership, and my job was just to move limousines and big old Cadillacs from from one lot to the next or run them up to service and that was interesting I've had a lot of jobs oh I had a lot of jobs because I started working at age 13 my first job was uh, cleaning offices after school at Xerox three days a week then I worked at uh, when I was 15 in Texas but just about ready to turn 16 got a job uh, sacking groceries and that was a lot of fun I made a lot of money and was able to support my computer habit back then buy, I'd go and buy games at Babbage's I digress. Let me get on track. That poor lady got her father to co-sign for. I hope she made her payments. I'm pretty sure she did, but some people don't. If thou hast nothing to pay, why should he take away thy bed from under thee? You can get in trouble. Being surety for someone else's income and repo it and put a mark on your credit. Your credit shot. Don't do it. Verse 28. Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Finally, seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. <laughs> mean men. When I was uh, 25 or 26, I was a senior media buyer. I'd left the government. I'd been with them six and a half years. And I used to have an assistant work for me named Jennifer Bibb. 
and I'm only about five foot five and three quarters, 165 meters or so, I think I am. Whereas on 169, but I looked it up. That's a big difference over here in meters. Um, centimeters. Something like that. Jennifer Bibb, though, she was a tall girl, about six foot tall, head and legs. Big and strong like a um, oak tree. She had a twin. And she used to drive this big red truck. And she used to have this tag on the back of her car that says, Mean People Suck. <laughs> I just thought about that. He shall not stand before mean men. He said, Mean People Suck. Poor old Jennifer Bibb. She, she gave up the ghost. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Your word endureth forever. Bless everyone that came out. God, thank you for 2023. We've lived to see another year. Have your way in our lives in 2024. Not our will, but thy will be done. Open up the right doors. Shut the wrong doors. Bless everyone out there, God. Make their election and calling sure. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, praise the Lord, folks. Thank God it's Friday. But I won't see you Monday. I'll see you tomorrow because I'm doing this seven days a week. That's what I'm endeavoring to do. So that's my plan. i got to make up for lost time with the Lord. And uh, you did wait to the very end, so I did promise you that uh, those that did would get to hear a special song. And if you want to contact me or support the ministry or Find any of the stuff that uh, we're recording. They're all free to download. Go to OmegaManRadio.com. Love you all. God bless you in Jesus' name. And now the song. 